Hello, everybody. This is Andre, and you are on the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our special guest for today is Tam Danhu, who is the co-founder and marketing lead of Secure Digital Asset Group, a revolutionary cryptocurrency exchange processor, as well as the product manager for Kitcaster. He's been deeply involved with innovative businesses over the past few years, launching and driving growth for disruptive products. And today, we'll dive deep into the blockchain space and marketing in the crypto world. So without further ado, hi, Tom. How's everything going? Hey, Andre. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to come on the show and be able to talk about some new tech. And it's something I always enjoy talking about. And I'm happy to clear up any questions or um, look into the future of marketing in like the blockchain space. And also talk about podcasts if you're interested in that as well. Super cool. So guys, just so you know, uh, Tom and Kitcaster are, you probably already know from uh, previous episodes if you if you have been following us, but Kitcaster is actually one of the platforms that we source and we establish many of our um, episodes through. So, you know, getting guests from there or us being on different other shows. So Tom is responsible for <laughs> a good part of that. So thank you, Tom, on the, with this occasion. Uh, but this today's episode is probably mostly going to be focused sure. on uh, on cryptocurrency, blockchain, uh, and, you know, innovation in the marketing space, because this is something that I know many of you guys tuning in are interested in. And uh, also, it's a, a very exciting subject mainly given the current context with, you know, like uh, Bitcoin <laughs> being all over the news and uh, people getting more and more accustomed to altcoins and crypto stuff in general. But uh, maybe if I dare to say, probably not everybody really knows what this is about. So, um, Tom, I think it would be really cool to maybe set the basics first. And um, oh, actually, let's go a bit in the back. So people can get to know you a bit as a person, how you got into the entrepreneurship space, uh, your link with marketing and the crypto space. And then from then onwards, to set the basis in terms of how blockchain and cryptocurrencies can play a role in business, in marketing. And more specifically, then we can explore ideas in terms of how this can in, be a revolution in our space and what opportunities we have there as marketers. For sure, definitely. Um, I'll be happy to talk about you know crypto and the state of marketing in that space in a couple minutes. But first, I'll tell you, I got into marketing um, because I started out doing digital media as like a photographer, videographer, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I went to school for. At first, was photography, but then I quickly switched over to um, media communications and got more into that space just in order to find a way to apply my um, creative skills and stuff to something more than just, you know, fine art in terms of photography and cinematography. Um, I wanted to find a way to apply those skills. And um, I landed on, you know, media communications, which, you know, translates to marketing, public relations and things like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's how I got my start. That's what I got my degree in. And, um, Throughout college, I got connected with um, some other like young entrepreneurs and we started starting companies and um, we all had a common interest in the blockchain space. And um, whether it be, you know, we were just investing, buying Bitcoin, you know, back in 2017 when things started getting crazy and things like that, we, uh, we all kind of connected and found our own, you know, strengths with each other. Um, my partner Parker is amazing at you know um, ideation and coming up with new um, products and then f- 
with me, I take those products, we build upon them, make them better, and um, also figure out how we're going to get them out to the world through marketing and and other ideas. So we started off back around 2017 with the crypto projects. And um, since then, it's been going great. I mean, we haven't made a ton of money yet, but as with any entrepreneur, like it's always a grind until you get, you know, some good investments at first, which is what we mainly work towards right now because with blockchain and cryptocurrency, all those types of projects, you kind of need a fair amount of startup capital to actually be able to afford to develop and build out these like very complex systems because, you know, as you can imagine, a lot of people don't know really about blockchain, what it is, but it's not easy to make. So, (laughs) and neither of us are coders. So that's, um, you know, we rely on my marketing and both of our product development skills to to pitch our ideas and then, you know, go out and find developers who can help us as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did you say you wanted like some of the background on crypto, Bitcoin, like what it is and why it's why it's becoming so popular? Is that what you were asking earlier? Yes, uh, but until we get there, because uh, you started to... to- Tell us a bit about this. Uh, what was your first venture in this space when you guys grouped and, uh, you know, you wanted to um, apply your ideas? What was uh, the first idea or the, the first business that you wanted to put together? <laughs> For sure. The first business that we started definitely fits well with um, the Marketing Innovation Show. It was a it was a new blockchain platform that we were building um, called Fraps. And it was a participatory marketing platform. So it it used blockchain to essentially compensate people for displaying ads. So like a lot of um a lot of platforms would compensate people for like, okay, click through all these ads and you'll get a dollar or something. But what we wanted to do was um basically connect big companies um who are looking to advertise to specific types of people to a network of those very people that could in turn almost in a sense become ambassadors for them. Um, but what we would do, we had technology that could, um, you know, trace um, impressions and things like that, that would install onto the person's device and they would display the ad in a public space. We targeted college students, so they would display the ad in a public space, like a library or something. And um, they would get compensated for how many people um, were exposed to the ad that they were that they were um, contracted to display. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason that blockchain was so essential in this business was because of the technology that allowed, you know, very low transaction fees, almost, almost, you know, inconsistent, or what am I trying to say? Almost um, non-existent transaction fees that would actually allow for these big companies to get money into the pockets of people who are on the ground, you know, the very customers that they're looking to advertise to, except they're actually paying those people to do the advertising for them. So in a sense, let's say um, I'm a big fan of Nike. Um, You know, Nike is going to start a campaign and get people who already enjoy Nike to represent them. Um, through their digital device and through a display ad that they would display in a public place. And as people go by, you know, they make money for the amount of time that they are out there displaying the ad. 
And it, it really wouldn't work without blockchain um, for the sense that um, there's no transaction fees for the, for the model that we were trying to build. And um, if, if we were to try to do it on a traditional um, you know, fiat system, it would not be that easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what so were you using? That's what we was tried it, to do. <laughs> nice. And was it uh, Ethereum or uh, what type of? Um... We we were actually building like a proprietary um, system. We were going to start using the Waves platform, which I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's kind of similar to Ethereum, but it allows for um, extremely fast transaction speeds and a lot of volume. And it mm-hmm. also allows you to create your own um coin or token like fairly easily mm-hmm. with minimal amounts of coding and things like that. So we're going to start on that. But um, our ultimate goal is to migrate to a proprietary system that was built specifically to do what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think this is a nice opportunity for us to discuss of, you know, the relationship between cryptocurrency and blockchain. Because I think people, you know, even... I, before looking into it, I was thinking they were the same thing, but I think it would be interesting and important right now at this point to um, clarify the differences so that when we later refer to them, people can understand uh, when is blockchain and when is cryptocurrency and why they are different. Sure. Um, So the main thing to kind of remember is to have a cryptocurrency, you need a blockchain. But to have a blockchain, you don't necessarily need a cryptocurrency. So that's um, for somebody who doesn't really understand it or know much about it just yet. That's important to keep in mind. So not every blockchain needs to have a cryptocurrency. But in order, the fundamental technology that makes cryptocurrencies work is blockchain. So Mm -hmm. to have a crypto, you need a blockchain. Um, Essentially, what a blockchain is, is just a distributed database um, when, it, when it comes down to it. Let's say I had a database on my computer here and um, it held a lot of very sensitive information. If that database was attacked by a hacker or somebody who wanted to abuse that information, say I was running a currency off of it, they could just hack my single computer and say, okay, transfer all the money to my account. You don't want that, right? That's, you know, cryptocurrency is, you know, touted and said by all these people to be one of the most secure things, even more secure than our fiat systems. And it is because of the sense that that database that holds the transactions is actually distributed on tens of thousands of computers all around the world. So Mm -hmm. essentially for someone to be able to do it, you would have to hack all of those computers simultaneously. And it just, it's, it's unfeasible. It, it can't be done. Um, so, and, and it's essentially to kind of wrap it all up in like a simple to understand way. Bitcoin, for example, the blockchain is a database that holds the record of all of the transactions that have ever happened on Bitcoin. Now, since Bitcoin is supported by so many people around the world, that database is stored, like I said before, on tens of thousands of computers all over the world, thousands. So and to be able to um, forge or falsify a Bitcoin transaction is, is nearly impossible because you could say you have the database on your computer, so you initiate a transaction that's fraudulent, right? All of those thousands of other computers would 
check it according to their database, their record of it, and say, no, that's not legit. So it's that's why um, crypto, in a sense, is more secure than a typical fiat system because, um, you know, fiat currencies are centralized. They're controlled by a government entity. Um, blockchain technology is decentralized. It's controlled by the people and a lot of different people in different places. Does that make sense? I tried to kind of make it easy to understand, even though it's it'll never be easy to understand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, th I think it did. Uh, and I think so right now, because we have the basis and the next thing that we can do a bit later in a couple of minutes when we go into the sort of case studies, um, I think it would be um, a next step would be to look at the ways that you can use cryptocurrency to transact technology or things like this, or to reward users for using a certain technology. Um, sure. So let's go back to your story. So this was the first uh, venture to say so, uh, the marketing platform. Um, what next? Where did you go? Sure. Um, so we had come to a realization that, you know, that platform that we wanted to build was going to cost an immense amount of money to uh, create, which we don't have because, you know, we're young guys. We're just starting out and... Um, We've pitched investors, we've gotten investments, but um, it, the fact of the matter is to just build a system that advanced was going to take, you know, a large sum of money that we just simply didn't have and we weren't capable of raising at the time. So um, from that project, we moved into a new project, which is the current project that you saw on my LinkedIn and mentioned before, um, Secure Digital Asset Group, which um, in our eyes was a more... Um, a more plausible, a more possible um, startup for us to become successful with without needing, you know, all of that initial funding. And that's what we're working on right now. And things are looking great. And um, we also have some other projects on the back burner too that, you know, we're all just using to to fund each other. So like, let's say we have three or four projects going right now. If, if one of them takes off, we're going to use it to fund the other ones and you know we won't stop uh grinding and making new projects until we can until we get one that eventually works <laughs> and lets us do the other ones too because we we still believe in that um fraps product as well even if it might be on the back burner right now you know we we really believe in that participatory marketing platform um in a way to you know change the way that companies reach out to people and you know build connections with their with their customer bases um, but yeah, now we're we're working on a new project that is a little bit easier and doesn't require as much money <laughs> to do. Nice, but that's the spirit, you know. I mean, uh, the world might not yet be ready for it, or you know, like the investors might not be yet uh, able to see the opportunity. But just uh, keep at it, and surely you'll find the right people at the right time. Definitely, without a doubt, it's it's just a matter of you know perseverance and and sticking to it. Um, great marketing always helps. We're trying to uh, essentially what we're doing with this new company is a lot of B two B marketing, trying to get um, uh, financial agencies and things to see what we're doing because the new company, um, just like a quick brief synopsis of it, um, it's a company that looks to help encourage people and educate people 
on the blockchain space and how they could get into investments like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptos um, safely and securely, and and most importantly, uh, confidently. Because as of right now, um, it's not extremely easy to go and just buy a crypto. I mean, there are websites that allow you to do it, but when you purchase in that sort of exchange sense, um, bear with me here, it's you don't actually own or control the currency if you're storing it on a website platform, right? Because let's use just like uh, Coinbase as an example. I, I use Coinbase as a, um, as a gateway, a fiat gateway into cryptocurrency. But if my coins are stored on Coinbase, I don't necessarily control the keys. Cryptocurrency works off of a public key and a private key. The public key is the one that you say, okay, send it here. This is my address. The private key is the one that allows you to go ahead and spend it or send it somewhere else. So the private key is the one that you don't tell to anybody. Um, when you store your your coins on an exchange service like that, they control your private key and you don't necessarily have it. So that's um that's an issue that we are trying to address and educate people on with Secure Digital Asset Group and. Um, you know, show them how they can purchase currencies and um, hold it themselves without, you know, being at the will of a big exchange like that. Like holding them in a wallet, right? Exactly. Uh, um, it our our platform gives the customer control of their own keys, control of their own wallet, um, which is is not very uh, typical in the in the market right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does it in a way that is extremely easy for the person to understand. And it's almost foolproof in a sense that if you're on an exchange and you're going to transfer your coins to another wallet, you need to type a 20 plus digit address exactly correct. And if you don't, you'll press the send button and then your Bitcoin's gone forever. So <laughs> the way that we have built it um, makes it completely foolproof. There's no way you're going to mess up. And um, it just, it's just meant to build confidence in investors who might want to get in, but they're worried that they're not um, tech savvy enough to be able to manage cryptocurrencies like that. Mm-hmm. It, it brings it back to a more, you know, we use paper wallets. So it, it's a wallet that a person can hold in their hand. It's not on the internet. And it, it really builds confidence in the investor and it allows them to, uh, you know, feel good about buying crypto and not be worried all the time that they're going to lose their money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now looking at cryptocurrencies, uh, the main ones, but also the altcoins and other possible, you know, coins and technologies that might come up. Um, what opportunities do you see at the moment in the market? Like how uh, can marketers look at blockchain as an opportunity to solve some of their problems or innovate in the way that they market to the public that they address? Sure. Um, In the sense of marketers and opportunities that they have with this new technology. Or businesses. um, So we can go both ways. Sure. Yeah. And I think they could even go hand in hand, right? Because you have huge marketing agencies that um, uh, could use some technology to help clean up their stuff. I think that one of the biggest opportunities is um, securing data. Um, so a blockchain, 
like we said before, you don't need a cryptocurrency to use a blockchain. Um, people very often are using blockchains to secure data rather than you know monetary transactions. So let's say a marketing firm has a bunch of data about their customers and stuff, a, a bunch of data that they don't necessarily want other firms to somehow gain access to. And I'm not sure if this is an issue in the space right now with, I don't know, people trying to hack in and steal data from a marketing firm, but um, it's definitely something that could be completely sealed up by having all your data on a blockchain. Um, I think another thing as well um, when you're talking about, you know, big marketing projects that are doing, you know, international projects, um, working with, or even domestic projects as well. Um, one of the best things that blockchain, you know, was created for is transactions and um, using a cryptocurrency or a stable currency such as like USDT, which is a currency called Tether that is pegged to the US dollar, for example. So, it's not as crazy fluctuating as Bitcoin and the other ones, but people can use those types of currencies to make large transactions. Say your marketing firm was doing a million dollar deal, but um, you know the bank transfer fee is three percent. You know you're losing out on thirty thousand dollars just just to get your payment. You know mm -hmm. um, another yeah, that's a thing that blockchain can really help with as well. Sorry, let me fix my camera. No worries. Um, so that's in terms of business, um, especially businesses doing international transactions. Um, a lot of them have started to think about using crypto for that very, um, for that very issue exactly. of transfer fees. Mm -hmm. And um, I know there were some case studies or uh, cases in which some bigger companies um, went into. Uh, blockchain and um, I, it's a shame that I don't remember exactly the names but this was happening in 2019 probably mid 2019 or something um, and uh, it was just about when so Bitcoin was skyrocketing during that time as far as I remember and then there were another couple of uh, crypto like, like altcoins to say so um, and some of them I know if I remember correctly I think it was Microsoft and there were another couple of companies that started to look into developing things on those technologies to you know uh, improve or revolutionize the way that they were doing business or the technologies that they were creating so do you know any Rec more recent maybe case studies of bigger companies that have looked at blockchain and how have they looked at applying it within the business? Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing that we're seeing right now is um, major financial institutions looking into it. So your traditional banks, hedge funds, you know, not only looking into cryptocurrencies as an investment, but as a way for them to secure their own data. So, um, the biggest thing about blockchain when it started was, hey, this is more secure than your bank that holds all of your money. And some random people on the internet made it. Um, so now you have these big banks actually looking into um, blockchain technology to secure their own data and transactions, which um, in a sense could be, could be an issue for a cryptocurrency. But then again, once you look at and see what cryptocurrency was built upon, which is that idea of decentralization, um, the the banks still don't compete with 
these larger um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, cryptocurrency networks, because if a bank like, for example, uh, Wells Fargo, which is one that is looking into blockchain currently, um, if they were to build their own blockchain, yeah, they, they've secured their data on a blockchain, but also their their technology is still centralized, right? It's still all under the control of Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. So you're at the will of Wells Fargo <laughs> with um, a decentralized system like Bitcoin. Um, the entire community has control over what happens. So you're not able to just have one decision maker go ahead and change everything. Um, it just doesn't work that way. And um, I think that's a reason why crypto is here to stay. And even if banks and bigger financial institutions do decide to use blockchain, it's still not going to be quite as reliable or um, secure as these distributed networks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and another question that came to my mind now, I think uh, it was uh, sleeping there <laughs> for a while, uh, but what experience do you have or how do you market a crypto product or a blockchain-based product? Is it different? And uh, I'd be really keen to hear your thoughts because uh, I encountered a couple of uh, scenarios and I think it'd be interesting for people to understand uh, because the crypto products are many times about the community around them. So that, that's why I'm thinking and I want to pick your thoughts on how did you think about marketing your own crypto or blockchain pro- products when they were not necessarily maybe B2B, but rather B2C or when you were thinking about the strategy? Of course, yeah. So one big thing, um, I would say the biggest thing for blockchain and crypto right now is who's going to get that mass adoption, right? Who's going to get the attention of everybody? And, um, you know, Bitcoin has done great with it, but um, there's a lot of, you know, people out there saying, and there's a lot of facts that just say that, you know, Bitcoin would never be able to be the world currency. It would never be able to be, you know, the currency that everyone's using for day-to-day transactions simply because the technology behind Bitcoin wouldn't allow for it. There's other um, cryptos that can allow for it, but the biggest um, marketing issue is, okay, how do you get all of these people to trust you, right? So a lot of the um, marketing initiatives in crypto and blockchain are about just building trust and building confidence in a platform. So one of the, um, one of the biggest things that we had, had gone down the road of and something that a lot of people do currently is... Um, fostering education so um putting out content and material that educates people about the space about what is safe and what is not safe um, what you should and shouldn't be doing and ultimately you know tying that into why your platform either addresses or fixes these problems as a whole mm-hmm. so um I, w- I would say that is the single biggest um, initiative when it comes to marketing blockchain and crypto is building trust and educating because mm-hmm. you you know every industry every um every new idea has those smarter or not necessarily smarter but more educated um more specialized people who who know about it right like for example with crypto it's typically you know younger 
um, people who know all about computers and they know why they should trust it. But one of the biggest things in crypto right now is getting the attention of those older people who necessarily don't have enough experience with computers to feel confident to go ahead and, you know, transfer $10,000 of their money into some digital thing that they could see on their computer screen. Um, that So the, that's one of the biggest issues that the industry as a whole is facing. But I think um, people are starting to come around and seeing the price action of coins like Bitcoin because it's it's very apparent now that um, these bigger banks and institutions are looking into investing and are currently investing in it. So I think that is um, helping in a sense, which kind of is free marketing for the entire system or for the entire community. But, you know, seeing seeing these bigger, more reliable people that they know, names like Wells Fargo, um, whoever, JP Morgan, uh, actually getting involved is really helping to um, encourage trust in the in the system. And um, it, it's helping with these people, these companies, you know, biggest initiative in terms of marketing, which is building trust. Mm-hmm. And are bounties still a thing? Or, you know, like when you are in the beginning, I know I, uh, like way, way back again in the day when I was uh, also working marketing uh, crypto startup, kind of crypto blockchain startup, uh, I know that everybody was going crazy about bounties and building these sort of communities, uh, initial communities around them, around the coin, uh, which was the crypto that was backing up the technology. Uh, are they still going on? How are people approaching? Do you mean bounties in the sense of like a um, a development bounty or what? Yeah, what mm-hmm. both development bounties and it's, if I remember correctly, there were also those um, things when you, you know, if you were amongst the first X that were getting X amount of coins, then you'd get them at a better price and things like this, like early investment, kind of pre-investment. Yeah. So I think what you might be thinking of is an initial coin offering and ICO. Oh, yeah. ICO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which essentially would be the same as an IPO on the stock market. It's like, mm-hmm it's the first offering of your asset to the community. And that's actually um, something that we, we thought about doing. And there's a very specific way that you have to market those projects in order to comply with um, financial regulation, especially here in the United States where we're at, because you know the SEC is extremely strict on those types of offerings. And um, we actually, you know, put months and months of research into how we could actually market that type of offering without um, going against compliance rules. Um, it's it was it's a huge issue, and it's it's something that people are still facing today when they're trying to um, do those types of offerings. Because in a sense, those offerings are meant for fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for an example. Um, XRP Ripple is an is a cryptocurrency that's fairly large out there. Um, they're now being prosecuted by the SEC because of how they ran their initial coin offering. Oh, okay, and, um, it's it's very um, political. It's a very it's a very tough um, space to be in because but ultimately we decided to not do it because we we were worried that you know just one little slip up and you know the sec might deem your offering 
you know, not compliant. And, and you know, that kind of just throws your company out the window. So we did spend a lot of time trying to figure out how we could market it within compliance. But, um, you know, we, we generally knew what we had to do, but we just didn't want to risk it, you know, because the SEC says something today and they might change what they say the next day. Um, so we, we tend to veer away from those types of offerings. But we, at the same time, West Secure Digital Asset Group are looking to create a more standardized and um, compliant way for people to run those types of offerings through our proprietary product, which is those those paper wallets that I had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it just helps to make things a lot more clear and a lot more um, standardized, which is our goal. Mm-hmm. And to, to help people with their marketing initiatives to ensure that they are not pushing out an asset that would be labeled as a security by the SEC. Mm-hmm. And another and, uh, type of product that I think, um, at least in Europe, I'm not sure, but you guys might have similar stuff, if not the same. Um, there are these apps that get mass adopted these days uh, where, you know, you you basically earn commission if you bring somebody on the platform and they transact a certain amount on the platform on specific coins, not necessarily Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin or Ripple, but some maybe not so well-known ones as well. Um, what do you think about that way of promoting uh, and building a community of users around the product? Is it, From your perspective, is it healthy? Is it something that is a good alternative? Although it works, is it sustainable? Um, I think that it is a good idea. We have considered that for our very first project and it is something that we were going to do. Um, but you have to be extremely careful about how you do it. Like, um, I think one of the first and best examples of that was, um, PayPal, you know, when, Mm -hmm. when PayPal first started Elon Musk, I think it was Pierre Thiel, whoever else started with him, um, I'm, I think they were paying something like $20 to each new user who got onto PayPal, which costed them like billions. But ultimately, you know, it allowed them to generate, uh, maybe it didn't cost them million, billions, but millions. Millions. <laughs> um, but it allowed them to get their initial user base. And um, even if they went into debt to do it, now they had people on the platform who were using it and generating them revenue. So I do believe in those types of um, initiatives, but um, I would advise people who are thinking about doing something like that to really, you know, cross your T's and dye your I's because if you end up not having the funds to do it or, um, you know, not expecting the amount of growth and, ultimately getting way too many people and now you can't afford to pay anybody, you know, that's not always a bad problem to have, but it could, you know, put your business under. And um, if you're unable to raise funds to actually facilitate the promises that you make to your customers, one, you're in trouble financially and two, you're in trouble with the customers in terms of the promises that you've made them. So if you want to do something like that, you got to really think it through and, and be sure that you're ready to handle any amount of variables that could happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool stuff. Really, really nice and really actual. Um, so now uh, going and sort of going to the wrapping of the episode, but also taking away uh, the things that I think would be 
ultimately, or we think actually would be uh, valuable for the end marketer that would be, you know, the guys on the show. Uh, also, so we have marketers as well as entrepreneurs. So I'm sure that for the entrepreneurs, <laughs> this might have been a very juicy conversation and, you know, uh, nice in terms of getting ideas and maybe uh, polishing some of the ones that they might already have. Um, sure. But also for, for the marketers, like if somebody is looking at ways to better secure the, probably data security is the first thing that would come to mind from our discussion so far. Um, and relating to what you were mentioning a bit before uh, and marketing agencies having data issues, typically marketing agencies don't necessarily hold the data and uh, basically the data always stays in the, in the hands of the, mm, of the customer, like the B2B customer, like the client. Uh, but it sure. could be a very good solution for a client to have security solutions around that so that they make sure that they are compliant and they don't uh, mm-hmm. expose themselves to risks. Um, but to, to sum up, what would be some other uses or case studies that people could be watching out for? Because there might be like this little country in, on, you know, like in Europe maybe uh, that has a startup that does probably something that could be really cool uh, and it might benefit from the support of some initial clients. How would that look like? Like, what would be a nice, feasible solution that would use blockchain and crypto? Sure. Um, a big thing that people are out there doing is using blockchains to tokenize um, real-world assets. So that's something to think about as well. Um, essentially say you own a property and you have the deed or you know the, the contract that says that you own the property um uh digitizing that and using it on a blockchain um helps to and and don't think of it just as property think of this as any sort of contract or um business deal or anything using blockchain to hold that and secure it one um prevents it from being forged or falsified and two allows it to be accessed from anywhere just just like on a cloud as long as you can get access to your blockchain you can access whatever data you need to get Um, that's something that a lot of people are doing Um, so again tokenizing assets um, deals uh, contracts things that you might need access to down the line and things that you don't want to change um, you can keep a very safe record on a blockchain. Um, next would be like just securing actual systems, like securing physical systems. Like for example, one thing that um, they're talking about doing is, um, I know some places in the US are already thinking about this, but um, electrical grids and things like that. And you know, these are very like large industrial scale projects, but these can be applied to a lot of different things like smaller things that you know startups might be doing or, or whatever um they're they're using blockchains to secure their grids and um you know it's something that you know is that can be hacked as unfortunate as it would be for an electrical grid to be hacked and like shut down um but not if it's secured by a blockchain you know it would it would make it nearly impossible so let's say you have a startup that is um um, running a system where you have to store user accounts 
um, user profiles and, you know, there might be some sensitive information like the user's credit card information in there. Um, you know, there's a lot of services and stuff that, that help companies and startups do this, but, um, there's also new services popping up that use blockchain to help secure that stuff. And you could very easily, um, I can't think of an example right now, but with a couple of clicks, you could integrate one of these services into your platform and, um, start using a blockchain to secure your stuff. Um, it's basically just as the world moves forward into this like digital age where, you know, everything that we do is happening on a computer or everything that we do is verified by a computer. Um, this is the way that you can be sure that your stuff's not going to get messed with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the main idea of the industry and um, it's just, it's the security layer that's so rock solid that everybody is confident that it, it will be okay, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. There, there really is kind of endless applications. Um, another friend of mine is working on a blockchain video game where um, the, uh, the in-game items and like assets will actually be tokenized on a blockchain so that let's use uh I have you played like Fortnite or something? Let's use that as an example. <laughs> yeah. Like let's say you had like skins or like items, they would actually be secured on a blockchain outside of the game to where you can go outside of the game and actually trade those items using <laughs> you know, using the security of the blockchain. And ultimately, you know, those items would have some value. So you could you could sell your stuff from the inside the game. Or inside the game, you could go and trade with another player. And then on the back end on the blockchain, that transaction is logged, just like if you were mm-hmm. doing it on a stock exchange or something. So that just an example, like there's so many applications that blockchain can be used for. And um, you know, I'm probably missing a couple of big ones right now, but those are just some fun ideas that interest me. So um, I hope it helps to like clear up the use cases that could actually come out of it. And uh, one question, uh, not sure if it's silly or not, but I think uh, maybe it popped up on some people's heads, uh, in some people's heads. Um, can a blockchain disappear? Like, can you just count on a blockchain to track all your stuff and use it? And then at some point, just for it to stop existing? Um, a lot of blockchains have their own, you know, sets of regulations and things like that. Like, for example, if everybody who mines Bitcoin and stores the Bitcoin network just decided to say at the same time, hey, we don't want to support this anymore. Yeah, they could go and turn off their <laughs> their rigs and then this platform would cease to exist. But the community is so committed and like, dead set on making this a thing that I would be hard pressed to ever see that happen. Um, I could see it happening for some smaller projects that maybe aren't as supported, mm-hmm. but um, you know, anybody who, let's say you or I believed in one of these smaller projects and we began running a node or in, in another sense, storing the data on our computer and running it, um, now it'll never stop as long as you or I are running it. So it, it's the, it's about the community and the adoption of each project. So like if mm-hmm. if I made a blockchain and I was running it on a node on my computer, 
Um, I might be the only person running it. So if I shut it down, then of course it, it would disappear. But um, if I were to go and turn it back on again, it would be back. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess from what, like technically, yes, like a blockchain could disappear, but um, the more it's adopted by a community, the less likely that is to happen. And for for projects like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, like these bigger ones, it it will never go away. There's just there's just no way that that could happen at mm-hmm. this point. Cool. Okay. So <laughs> this was very nice. Um, where can people get in touch with you? Until uh, you know the next time. So guys, as we mentioned, this was the crypto episode. <laughs> um, for sure. But we'll uh, we'll um, organize another one for since uh, Tom is so deeply involved with multiple projects. The other one is Kitcaster, which is actually a really cool platform and we're going to dive a bit deeper into the uh, content marketing side of things and podcasting and these other things that are probably a bit more widely adopted than blockchain at this point in time <laughs> uh, and very different. But um, until next time, Tom, where can people uh, find you and maybe you know reach out if they have any questions or ideas or uh, proposals, ways in which you might be able to collaborate? I would be, I'd say the easiest way to actually send me a message and for me to be able to see it would be to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Like, um, I'm, I'm sure, I think we've connected, but um, my LinkedIn is, profile is, the URL would be like linkedin.com slash whatever slash the Tom Don. So the <laughs> Tom Don. That's like my LinkedIn thing. But Tom Don, you on LinkedIn, if, they, if they're able to find you on LinkedIn, you know, I'm connected with Andre. So that, that's the best way to connect and talk to me about any of these Subjects. We have the link. Um, we'll have the link in the description as well, so you guys uh, check it out there as well. Awesome! Yeah, feel free. Anybody can feel free to message me and ask me about anything, podcasting, blockchain, whatever. I'm always down to connect. So, thank cool you. Stuff. Thank you, Tom. So this was very insightful. I know that you are. Uh, <laughs> can we tell the audience? Yeah, we can. Uh, so Tom is also going to go away uh, for a bit and uh, just have a nice time in Costa Rica. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my next move. So uh, the next next episode might be live from the beach in Costa Rica. <laughs> not bad for uh, well, it was the, it's going to be March. Yes, yeah, so not bad for March. <laughs> yep, I'm le- I'm leaving on Monday, so I'll be four or five days I'll be down there and uh, our next episode about KitCaster will be from there but I'll be connected to the internet and I'll still be working from down there I'm, I'm doing that work remote life you know if we're going to be in that pandemic economy might as well take advantage of it and uh, travel while we can right <laughs> thing. cool man this was very nice uh, wishing you uh, I think for you it's like afternoon right now right so yep 1pm over here so Thanks for also, yeah, thanks for, you know, scheduling this and, and getting it all set up. I know the time difference makes no worries, things different. But, uh, and, uh, it was my pleasure. You, yeah. Really enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to our next catch up. Guys, thank you for tuning in. If you have questions, proposals, ideas, always feel free to ping them to myself, to Tom. Uh, send them over to our team and we'll make sure to try to make that those episodes happen or uh, come back with answers to you. But until next time, everybody keep rocking it. Tom, thanks a lot for being on the show again and uh, wishing everybody an amazing uh, rest of the week slash uh, weekend ahead. <laughs> Speak yeah, soon. For sure. Thanks, Andre. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>